0: Greetings, travelers. Welcome back to the Tales from Enchanted Forest, where we cover all sorts of folklore, fairy tale, myths, and legends. We are your hosts, Fox and Sparrow.
1: Greetings, travelers. Hiya. Hello.
0: All the greetings.
1: So, as we mentioned in our previous episode, we are just shaking up our formula a little bit. Fox and I just have a lot to catch up on, so we just want to talk briefly about some of the things we're into, whether it be books, uh, games, uh, movies, or what have you we just kind of know what we're into so fox what are you into these days
0: so i am very very into this new netflix reality i guess korean reality show called the devil's plan Ooh. the premise is you have a whole bunch of different contestants who had to pass a test so you have people who are lawyers who are pro gamers who are actors actresses um And they all have like different sets of skills and they have to play two games a day. One of them is a solo game and they're trying to basically win and get pieces for themselves. And the second game is more of a collaborative game and they're trying to basically put money towards the prize fund. And it's just interesting to see because it's very reminiscent of games like, I don't know if anyone else is into Korean variety shows or reality shows, but almost um, Running Man, A little bit less sinister than squid game but it's more on brand towards the shows like siren um and it's just been interesting to watch and get really involved in the political politics of what's happening and kind of figure out what do we deem acceptable when contestants do it um so specifically in one case i was watching with my husband and we got very upset because it seemed like the majority group that had made an alliance together were going after this foursome this this group of four and it was all fine and it was all fair until i think they started doing the thing and this is a spoiler but they started specifically targeting players to like set them backwards in the game and to me that felt a little bit too personal It felt a little bit too targeted for it to be fair in my eyes. Obviously, some people go into these games and they completely get rid of all of their inhibitions and their morals and they just go, I'm here to win, this is a game. And even with board games, I feel like people do that. But it just feels like when you target specific people and that it has consequences like them getting kicked out of the game or being eliminated, it feels a little bit more vicious, daunting, I guess. So that was, well, it it was quite vicious. It was quite sad to see. Um, so it's, it's, it's very difficult to like watch shows like that when you are trying to figure out, well, my favorite players are doing this, but I can't really like, it puts a bad taste in your mouth, I think. So just, that's what I'm doing currently. I am waiting for the next episode on Tuesday.
1: As someone who's not seen any of the shows that you mentioned earlier, (laughs) is this kind of like a survivor type stuff or like trials of obstacle courses and stuff? Or is this like, board games video games like when you say games
0: so they're playing kind of like um they have so basically they all are in this house for a week and there's a section that's just like a gaming room which is like a kind of like auditorium type place Mm
1: -hmm. um
0: that's completely empty and so far the games they've done have all been kind of mental so they did like a large-scale game of that was a mix of pandemic and mafia where they had to try and figure out who the terrorists were by talking to each other oh that's Um, cool they did one where they were standing like on this almost merry-go-round type thing um and they were trying to solve those you know the puzzles that have shapes and they had to try and put them together in the right way Yeah, yeah yeah they were doing that um they did a picture one where they had to look at this kind of very intricate detailed photo that had lots of different people doing different things. And they had to try and memorize different portions of it and they were asked questions about it. So it's a, it's a good mix. It's very mental in the sense that they're playing a mental game of trying to talk to each other, figure out information. Um mm-hmm. but it's also a little bit of just actual gameplay. So some people are better at memorizing, some people are better at communication. So it does really play to people's strengths.
1: And is it just just for my clarification because i know you mentioned squid game is this uh scripted like like a clearly scripted no no no, it's it's a reality show okay it's a reality show so
0: it's it's reality so it's real people i guess as far as real people can be like i think it's it is their real personalities and stuff obviously they're going to play it up a little bit for the cameras but it is very much a reality show where you don't know who's going to win. but it's
1: not being sold as a scripted show
0: no, no no it's definitely like okay so Korean shows usually you have the dramas you have variety shows which are when like a bunch of celebrities and stuff get together and they do tasks and then you have more of like the reality shows where, which are usually I think the ones that I've seen have either been survivor type ones um, like Siren Survive the Island or they've been dating ones like Singles Inferno which blew up on Netflix as well mm-hmm. but it's always a good mix I really do like The reality shows that that come from netflix that are um korean specifically because i feel like they're so dynamic and the focus is less on petty fights with each other because i feel like a lot of like things like love island uh love is blind i feel like it just becomes it just it becomes a bit boring because they use the same format for many seasons and i get kind of bored of that whereas i like to see new things come up where you Mm. don't know what people are going to do and i like to see them actually use you know brain power and i'm uh, you know i'm watching and i'm trying to figure out the puzzles as well and i'm trying to figure out what they're going to do so i just i prefer things i think that use that make you think as well so that's (laughs) that's my opinion so that's what i'm really into this week
1: nice
0: that was just an ad i just just did like a scripted we're not sponsored by netflix because all of the shows i mentioned were on netflix um we're not
1: sponsored we're just talking about things
0: we're into Oh, yeah. I'm just like, you know, not, we're not sponsored by Netflix. Uh, but if Netflix wants to get rid of the non-password sharing thing, that'd be nice. So
1: That'd be great. Disney's doing that now. Oh, I heard. I had to break the news to all my friends and I'm just getting a, like a wave of sadness. I'm like, guys, there's nothing I could do.
0: It's just, I mean, we... I feel like because um, my in-laws are spread out all over the world and my family spread out around the world, it's really hard to justify everyone having their own when we barely when most of them barely use it but they do have like specific shows they watch what i can't stand though is prime doing the ad tier so even though you pay for prime you're going to now have ads which to me is insane if i'm paying for a streaming service okay let's say i am paying for it myself and not you know using someone else's but yeah i feel like the ads we're going backwards we're working our way backwards back to ads when, when you're paying for it. And that to me is crazy.
1: Pretty much every streaming service is adding an ad tier. Uh, so that's kind of become norm.
0: A free ad tier would be fine. I just don't think you should have an ad tier if, you're, if it's going to be a paid ad tier. Those are my personal hangups. <laughs> anyway, what are you into this week? The past couple of months I was
1: re-watching The Office. And something I really like about shows is getting to hear like, how things were done What did the writers or the directors do uh, behind the scenes to make those things happen? So I have been Mm -hmm. currently listening to a podcast called Office Ladies,
0: which um,
1: stars Jenna Fisher and uh, Angela Kinsey, who play uh, Pam Beasley and Angela Martin on the show The Office. And it's like in the show, these characters do not get along. (laughs) <laughs> but in real life, they are best friends and it's so fun listening to them reminisce because they go over each office episode and give their takes on like what it was like there. And it's so funny because there's several times they're like, you can see in the background, like we're both standing next to each other, just chit chatting. They're like, we just didn't think we were on camera at that point. Um, that's just us talking because we just love talking to each other. We just love having a ball. <laughs> but uh, that's not at all what their characters would be doing in the moment. So, anyway, so I'm currently listening to Office Ladies. Um, and that's just been a really fun podcast.
0: I see. I think recently The Office has been in the news because they're thinking of doing a reboot. What? Oh, is this the Uncle Stanley spinoff that they're talking about? No, I think it was actually just like a full on reboot that they were thinking of, which to me is crazy because there's already two. There's already the UK version, and now the American version. And I feel like a third one is just, it's a bit much. I don't
1: know what they're going to add to it. Like, I mean,
0: if they're going to do another office documentary
1: style show, but it's in a different office starring different characters, different storylines, then I'm actually, actually, I'm all for that. But if they have another, like, Pam or, like, Jim, you can't just recreate those characters again. Like, they are so iconically captured in not only the British version and the uh, American version. So I'm all for mockumentaries. I love the mockumentary style. If they're going to make more shows like that, I'm all for it. But to recreate the exact characters, I think, is a mistake right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think when you have so many, uh, pe- so many people going back to The Office, like, you know, people binge watching, it'd be like remaking Friends. It doesn't make sense because people are still into the original And I think there's so much to be gained from podcasts like The Office Ladies or podcasts that do cover the the behind-the-scenes stuff because that gives you a new angle on something you've already seen without just revamping the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Anyways, that's what I'm currently into. Let us know if there's any shows or podcasts or things that you think we should check out. Right now, we have uh, another story we want to investigate. Fox, what story do you have for us this week?
0: This month is obviously people are doing the countdown to Halloween. People are calling it Spooky Month, Ghoul Month, whatever it is. And I really wanted to kind of lean into the kind of folk horror aspect of it because I feel like we do lots of really fun, fluffy fairy tales and we don't often go towards the full blown horror ones. And there are, there are tons of really scary stories that are just, you know, they're creepy, they're weird, and they're from places like Korea, Taiwan, Vietnam, the Philippines. China and they're just they're spooky in a way that we don't really see in European fairy tales or in Norse fairy tales in a completely different way. So I wanted to take a look at the folklore from these countries and specifically the story I chose today is based on the ant tiger or anti tigress folklore tradition. To um, so the well, the most well-known version of this story is by a Taiwanese author Wang Shilang but it's obviously a story that's existed throughout different cultures, throughout different countries, and throughout different time periods. But the one specifically I'm going to tell is the Taiwanese tale of Great Ant Tiger. A long time ago, many people in Taiwan believed spirits and gods roamed among us. They believed that animal spirits could possess the ability to transform themselves into human beings in order to trick other humans before devouring them. This sets the stage for our story of the tiger witch, the hokopo. Once upon a time, there was a lady who lived in a mountain house with her two young daughters. They lived deep in the woods, far from others, and while they were poor, they had an abundance of happiness and peace. One day, the mother had to take a trip to the city, but she was worried about leaving her two daughters home alone. She instructed them to lock the doors and not let anyone in while she was gone.
1: Why can't she just bring them with her i'm sure these girls would love to see like the city and everything
0: i don't know probably because it was a business trip or something and she had to go quite quickly maybe someone was sick um maybe she thought they'd be safe at home traveling with kids can be a nightmare so it's probably quicker for her to go by herself
1: she just needs some alone time she's like i'm gonna go hang out with my friends just for like a minute like i just need some space
0: (laughs) (laughs) The two girls did as she instructed and waved her off before securely locking their little house. They wondered who could possibly come this far up the mountain. But true their word, they did not venture out of the house and listened to their mother. Not long after, in the middle of the night, there was a sudden loud knocking at the door. The two girls had been sleeping, and the youngest was the first to bolt awake. She woke up her older sister and they waited frightfully for the pounding to go away. Instead, it just got more insistent, and a voice rang out, Open the door! I am your mother! Both girls felt a chill go up their spines, and yelled back, You are not our mother! She would not be home so soon! The voice called out louder, and the pounding at the door became violent. I am! I thought you would be scared, so I returned quickly to get you!
1: This is why, like, having code words or phrases from people can be really helpful. I mean, apparently, I just live my life like it's a spy movie, and I have like <laughs> codes with like some of my family members and friends being like, if you say these words, I know it's you, or I know what you mean, like different meanings, like that could have been helpful right about now. I'm not sure. Do you ever do this? Have like different phrases for si- situations like this?
0: No. <laughs> no, I just, don't just open the me. Door. <laughs> You just open No, because when I was young, if my parents weren't home, my mom would literally say, don't open the door for anyone. So if there was, you know, a noise, at the like if someone was knocking at the door, me and my siblings would just turn off the TV and we would like tiptoe over to the door to see who it was. Um, and I've always thought about this because I've just been like, well, if we turn the tv off obviously it was on a moment ago so it's not like the person's gonna be like ah the tv just turned off they must not be home but it's kind of like kid logic where you turn the lights off and you just kind of duck and wait for the sound to go away but nothing is more terrifying than being home alone your parents aren't there and someone's at the door it's just a canon memory that everyone needs to go through and it terrifies lots of children
1: yeah, just don't open the door. But that's pretty scary to hear her say, I'm your mother. It's like, yeah, like that's like the double logic of, like she said not to open the door, but this might be her. That's very scary.
0: And then you also like it's the middle of the night. So obviously your senses are a bit heightened. You've just woken up. So I think it's, it, it all comes together in a certain way. Yeah. The girls looked at each other and thought that this could be a plausible answer. No one else would surely know where their house was. And even if they did, why would they travel this far up the mountain in the middle of the night? So they unlocked the door and went to peek outside, but the woman forced her away in. At once, the two girls realized that they had been tricked. The woman had hair as white as snow and her face was wrinkled like a cat. Who are you? The sisters asked with trembling voices. Oh, don't be scared. I'm just your great aunt. I live behind the mountain and haven't visited you in a long time. Today, I was passing by and came to visit. But I knew you would not open the door, so I had to lie. The old woman gave them a wide smile. The youngest daughter, who was young and naive, believed the explanation and took to her great-aunt quickly. The eldest daughter, who was wiser, felt suspicious and wondered why their mother had never mentioned having a sister before. Before she could ask any more questions, her younger sister yawned and declared that she was sleepy. It was the middle of the night, and they could ask their great-aunt more questions in the morning. The eldest sister felt nervous, but she thought that this could wait till the morning, so she went to a different room to sleep by herself. At midnight, she woke up to a strange noise coming from the other room. It sounded like someone was chewing on roasted nuts, or the sound a dog makes when it's gnawing on bones. The eldest sister tried to listen hard and peek into the other room, but she couldn't make anything out. Eventually, she called out into the darkness, Great aunt, what are you eating? The old woman had not expected the question or for the elder girl to wake up, and so she hesitated before answering quickly, Oh, I am just chewing on some ginger roots. They are hard, hot, and bitter. Not good for children to eat. The elder daughter did not believe her and insisted she try some as well. The old woman tried to refuse, but eventually she got tired of the charade. When the girl picked it up, she almost threw up. In her hand was a small finger, the exact shape and size of her younger sisters. Oh, that's gross. (laughs) The old woman went back to gnawing on the dark shape in front of her, while the elder sister sat in silence trying to think about what to do. She realized that this was not her great aunt, but a tigress witch. She has heard stories of tiger spirits devouring children in order to become humans, and this is what they must become after.
1: How many children do you think they need to eat before they become human? Like, is it one? Is it like a dozen? Is it a hundred?
0: It's probably one of just those arbitrary folklore things that it just depends on which story you're reading. Mm, Why couldn't they be more specific with their arbitrary numbers?
1: (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Anyways, just kind of curious, but that makes sense.
0: A while later, the girl pretended to be oblivious to what she had been thrown and stood up. She asked her great aunt if she could go wash her hands. The tigress witch laughed and snarled, giving up the pretense all at once. In a raspy, cruel voice, she cried, Of course not! You are going to be my breakfast, and if I let you go, then you will just run away. The girl was smart and had been planning her answer while she was sitting in the dark. So she had an answer ready to go. If you don't want me to escape, then just tie a rope around my leg. I couldn't run away if I tried. The tiger witch considered the options and thought it would be reasonable. Then she could devour her meal in peace and quiet. So she tied a rope tightly around the girl's leg and held the other end in her hand. The girl hurried to the restroom and untied the rope around her leg. Keeping the rope taut, she tied it to the edge of the water container and then carefully snuck out the window. She knew running far would be impossible and she could never outrun the tigress. So she ran to the tallest tree and clambered up. The tigress finished her meal of the younger sister before she wondered where her breakfast had gone. She yanked on the rope and heard the sound of water sloshing. Furious, the tigress witch tracked the footprints and found the girl hiding in a tree. She could not climb high enough, but she used her strength to claw and viciously chew on the trunk. The girl thought on her feet and quickly came up with a new plan. She called down, Great aunt, you don't have to ruin your teeth chewing so hard. I'm willing to come down. The only problem is that I'm so hungry, and if you eat me now, then I'll just become a hungry ghost. I'll have to follow you around forever and torment you. Please, if you just boil a bucket of peanut oil for me, then I can fry up some birds and eat them. Once I'm full, I'll come down without any worry. The tigress witch thought hard about this proposition. She knew that hungry ghosts were unhappy spirits that lingered on earth, and she didn't really want to be tormented by this girl for the rest of her life. She also thought that afterwards she could use the peanut oil to fry the girl, so it would be two birds with one stone. The tigress witch agreed, so she boiled the peanut oil and sent it up the tree for the girl. The tigress stayed close to the trunk, making sure the girl did not escape or deceive her. After a short while, the girl called down, Thank you, great aunt. I'm willing to jump down now. Open your mouth. The Tigress Witch opened her mouth wide, preparing herself for another fantastic feast. Instead, the stupid Tigress got a whole mouthful of boiling peanut oil and died instantly. And that is the story of the Tigress Witch. Wow. Wow. Who
1: knew a peanut allergy would be the thing to kill her? Because that clearly not the boiling part was the thing that killed her. It's probably the peanuts. <laughs>
0: I mean she wasn't very she wasn't a really good witch or a very good tiger.
1: no, no she if she was a real tiger, she should have been able to climb that tree with no problem because <laughs> mm-hmm. tigers are pretty good at climbing um and I feel like witches should be able to have brooms and fly up there or use magic to get up there, so she's kind of failed on two accounts here,
0: yes, but I thought this story was interesting because I've never really heard of a tigress witch before or. Um, You know, animal spirits becoming human or being able to turn into humans after devouring so many kids or so many people. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that this is a folk tradition that exists. And I did find lots of sources for this being a Taiwanese tale. um, But the idea of a tigress or shape-shifting spirit that can turn into human can be seen all over. Asia so you do have lots of these references of spirits like in Japan you have the nine-tailed fox that can also turn into a human Um, you have lots of creatures specifically they tend to turn into women I find you have these animal spirits that can turn into women and then they trick either men or kids into coming up to them and then they eat them so that's a very fun fact Mm -hmm. but one thing I did want to talk about was the hungry ghost I love the idea of the Hungry Ghost and the Hungry Ghost Festival and um, the Ghost Month idea that lots of countries have. Have you heard about this at all, by the way? I don't, I, I don't know if, if this is something we've talked about before on the podcast or if this is a new concept.
1: Sorry, it's a spooky season? Like, we're talking about Halloween?
0: Like, Ghost Month in general. No, I don't think I've heard of this. So, usually the seventh lunar month um is the ghost month and this is just a month where you do lots of festivals and rituals for ghosts you set a place for them at the table um you visit their shrines or the resting places and it's considered just a month where you wouldn't really do things like buy a new house or you try and avoid having a baby or getting married so it's kind of an auspicious month where the focus is more on the, the the other world or the spirits and hungry ghost specifically is usually a term in Buddhism and it repre- it's usually in reference to spirits or the afterlife of spirits who have been driven by an intense emotional need at the time of death. So it could be that they were in some cases some people would take it literally and say ah they were hungry. Um, in some cases people take it as They were left hungry because you're supposed to do offerings and you're supposed to do certain rituals after someone dies to kind Mm -hmm. of help guide them into the afterlife or help guide them towards the light, so to say. But if you kind of abandon a person, their spirit never really gets to go through to the afterlife and so they're left just wandering. Um, I think we talked about this a bit in a previous episode. I think Beauty and Pockface, we're talking about Chinese traditions. And the afterlife is so important to many cultures where you have to do certain things in order to help guide the spirit away. And if you don't, then you're abandoning the spirit and they can never find rest. And I think that's where we kind of get the modern idea of ghosts where we're like, ah, they have unfinished business. But in this case, I think it's just you've you've abandoned your ancestors or you've abandoned a family member and that's kind of the worst thing you could do um to someone who's dead is just abandon them i think so that's kind of where we get this kind of folklore of deserting ones in a way
1: yeah that track it's really interesting to hear like it's a whole lunar month kind of dedicated to that kind of idea um Mm -hmm. and i think this the story kind of, like, leans into that hungry ghost, um, and it's just, uh, I kind of wonder now, is the younger sister going to come back as a hungry ghost? Like, will her soul kind of linger being, like, left alone, or because her older sister just remembers her and will probably honor her, she'll be okay? I don't know. They don't really say that in the story, do they?
0: Well, I, th- I think it depends on the specific tradition that they go with. I think in some cases, a hungry ghost could be like, you know, someone who died in a state of emotional neglect or at a heightened emotional feeling. So it could very well be that she will come out, but it's unlikely that she will be abandoned by her mother and sister because it does seem like they do care quite a lot about her. Mm-hmm. So I think they will do the funeral rites and she will be able to go on to the next life in a way.
1: But yeah, it's a pretty sad way to go.
0: Yeah. In general, I think the idea of funeral rites are, it's just a human, like one of the ways that we, um, we look at our human ancestors is did they have funerals? Did they show the ability to think about an afterlife? Did they bury Mm -hmm. people with their trinkets or anything? Did they put anything on their bodies? Because it kind of shows the ability to think about a life outside of life. And so I think when we have things like the Day of the Dead, when we have Hungry Ghost festivals, it just kind of shows that we're thinking about the bridge between the living and the dead. And we're constantly thinking about people who had died as having some kind of either agency or they can come back or they can come see us or they are still part of us somehow. And again, I just think that's a really cool thing to have in terms of instead of forgetting people once they've died, we constantly think about how they can, um, how we can still appease the spirit, so to say. <laughs>
1: yeah and i think also a lot of it is has to do with like um kind of from a psychological perspective is that i find the doing the rights is often just most important for the people who are still left living in terms of coming in coming to terms with the fact that someone has left and what that means for your own mortality Uh, i know some people who have told me they don't want funerals when they when they pass um they because they don't want people to be sad But I've seen that happen with people and it's just it feels like very strange um, because it it doesn't give the people who are still living a chance to mourn like collectively um, and to really say goodbye. So some of them do other things where they they want something differently called like a life celebration or something like that, which is also really cool. But it's just a nice way for people who are still alive to kind of grapple with mortality and truly emotionally process what has happened um, to the people they've loved and cared about so yeah I kind of think it goes it's a lot about the person leaving but also just a lot about the people still here
0: yeah and I think a lot of just the ideas of the afterlife come from our just need to know what comes next because the idea of there being nothing is very scary the idea of you die and then that's it so we need to come to terms with our own immortality somehow and so I think having this idea of an afterlife and having this idea of well I need to honor my the people who have died in my life because then when it's my turn you know they will honor me it's kind of this cycle of it so if you because there's always the idea of karma as well if you mistreat other people if you mistreat the people you're supposed to take care of eventually that will come back to you Mm -hmm. um so specifically like I think that it's at least from my culture specifically, it's also very important that you do things in a certain way, in a certain order. There is like a minimum amount of time that you spend between rituals and then honoring them every year. Um, There's like specific things you do as readings and things, colors you can wear, colors you can't wear. So it all just seems to be, you know, every culture has their own funeral rituals. And I think every culture also has ideas of what the spirits are, Versus what ghosts are. So spirits aren't necessarily ghosts. Spirits can be animal spirits or even tree spirits, plant spirits. And so having spirits be able to take on the shape of humans also gives us, I guess, an excuse as to why some people are just intrinsically evil.
1: Because we do have to
0: reconcile with the fact that there is evil in the world and people are actually crazy. And there are people who do horrific things. So I think an easy way to kind of bridge that gap of... What is wrong with this person? Why would they do this? Is to say that they were possessed, or they, you know, they there's something wrong with them, or it's not really a person; it's a spirit of some kind. Yeah, and it's also a
1: way for people to try and understand mental illness as well, right? Like I think mm-hmm. we've seen that kind of documented that definitely people have been chalked up to be possessed or are doing things because of spirits told them to do. It's different mental illnesses that we've now since like diagnosed and we can treat or at least we understand Mm -hmm. better so it's it's also good to keep in mind like that the different perspectives that people had when writing this and what they were trying to understand
0: i mean that's funny because we're making this really deep um but when i was researching this as well it was it's someone had written that this is a story that they get told um to not open doors for strangers and that's kind of the moral (laughs) of the story (laughs) if you open the door at night the the tiger the tigress witch will eat you or great aunt tiger will eat you so i think it's really funny
1: you know what i think that's a better note to end on
0: yeah don't open the doors kids so we every time the door has gone off like the doorbell's gone off or someone's knocked the gate and we've all just dive bombed behind the couch it's because of this exact reason we don't want anti-tiger to eat us
1: yes That is the thing. It's not for any other reason. We just don't want anti Tiger just to get you. So remember that, kids.
0: And remember, it's spooky season, so keep those doors locked. Happy Halloween, everyone. Hope we have a safe, spooky season. And don't forget, if you want to hear more from us and find out what our next tale will be, come visit us anytime on Twitter, now known as X, Instagram, or Blue Sky, also Mastodon. We are literally everywhere at Tales from Enchanted Forest or at From Enchanted. You can also email us at any time at at gmail.com, or reach us on our website for show notes, audio, and lots of blog posts. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions, so if you have anything to share, please don't hesitate. We promise not to eat you.
1: And remember, there's always a place for you in the spooky enchanted forest.